I think that guy they hired at USC, he got close, but never closed out the deal. So do you wear your national championship ring when you when you go on the road recruiting? Well, only because you brought him up. Um, he did get close, um, real close. We actually played him. I was, I was the defensive coordinator on the other side of the line. He had a guy named Kyler Murray, really good player. Um, it was 28-0 in the first quarter. So, yeah, I, I remember that game. But he did get close. Yeah. You're right. Um <laughs> What's up, college football fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cover 2 Podcast. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, the Oki Longhorn, Dalton Chandler. Dalton, first, I want to say it's great to be back recording a new episode. Uh, feels like it's been a while, and it kind of has. Um, obviously, we've had a lot of stuff going on, uh, mostly me. I was say, have we had a lot of stuff going yeah. on, or have you had a lot of stuff going yeah, on? Yeah, so obviously... Had a little COVID scare with the family. Uh, my youngest had RSV, but we're all we're all doing okay now. Every, everybody's okay, so we're all good, and we're we're back. Going to talk a little college football today. Um, we also didn't have a whole lot to talk about, but we certainly do now. Over if, if you were going to get COVID, th- then would have been a good time because. Yeah. Wasn't really a lot to talk about, right? And so uh, we're, we're going to talk about you know mostly. A lot of transfer stuff today. Um, we're going to kind of go over the top transfer classes across college football. Obviously, discuss Jackson Dart to, to Ole Miss. Uh, Caleb Williams decides to go to USC, and then we'll finish off today just kind of covering a little bit of news around college football between some coaches and and whatnot. So, uh, I think we can go ahead and get right into it. Um, first, we're going to talk about Dart. Uh, so, Jackson Dart, he. Comes out of the portal, decides to go join Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels. Um, what what are you that's were a, you surprised by that decision, or did you think that was the right move for him? I think it was the right move for him. I don't. I ever, I, there was a there was a little bit of time that OU thought that he was gettable for them, right? But why would it make sense for him to leave USC where he was a starter, go to Oklahoma and get into a quarterback battle, right? When he could just go to Ole Miss, where they're losing a first-round draft pick quarterback and then just walk into a starter's role there. Yeah. And, and I say that there's going to be a little bit of competition with him and the kid who come in Yeah, in the, the um, Sugar Bowl, but give, I mean, give me Jackson Dart in that, yeah, I, I in think that he, respects. I think he, he probably made that decision. I wouldn't say that Kiffin told him, hey, this is your job to lose. He might have. Uh, knowing Kiffin, he does, you know, he's about as off the wall as it comes. Yeah, it, it don't get much wilder than but, Kiffin. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that's the right decision for him. I never really, I mean, being an OU fan, it, I guess it would have been nice. Everybody was super excited about that, I, you know, whatever. I, but I think for himself, that's probably the right decision. Um, just not like the easiest decision, but probably the better fit, really. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's hard to say where. Like where he would have fit. I mean, I think he would have fit anywhere he went. He, right, he's good he's, player. He's yeah. he's a he's a gamer. Unfortunately, 
USC, he just didn't have a whole lot to game with. Right. And and that, that I mean, yeah, that's that's the case. And so, I mean, going to Ole Miss, uh, he takes, obviously, his former roommate and teammate at USC, uh, Michael Trigg, the tight end, who I think more OU fans, based on what I saw, wanted Dart for that guy more so than just Dart for himself. Um, they're both good players, um, but I think, you know, with what OU needed – at tight end, like we have really one guy, and so other than some freshmen, but it's interesting at Ole Miss with those two guys, and then we just talked about before we started recording the Evans kid from TCU, who was one of the top running backs in the country last year, and and the whole reason he left TCU is because Gary Patterson didn't run him the way he thought he should have been ran, right? And I mean, there's an argument that could have been made last year that he might have been one of the most talented in the conference in the Big Twelve. I mean, the dude's a player his recruitment was just a disaster yeah and his recruitment was his own his own doing but i mean you comes down to it he can play yeah oh i agree for sure and we'll talk about it a little bit more because we're, we're going to go kind of go over the probably our top 10 recruiting classes as far as 247 goes and old miss is definitely in there with those three additions um but but that i mean with dart if if he can pan out like people think he might i mean that that puts Ole miss i mean right up there with about anybody in the sec really i mean if they can kind of shore up the defense like they kind of did last year um and get even better with those three guys and i mean i'm I'm sure they've got other dudes like kiffin's got guys yeah that was so, that mean, wasn't a problem the offense the offense did what it did the defense just need to take another step in order to so yeah i mean they're I think that's definitely like that. That turns them almost immediately, kind of into a. I don't know if I'd say dark horse in the SEC, but definitely like, a contender, like a team to watch for sure. Um, so, because I mean that that was their number one concern last year. I mean, you lose your offensive coordinator, but you also lose your best player in Corral. Yeah, and so you immediately replace him with what was like we just talked about by some. Um, he was a five-star out of high school, so I mean, he had him as a four-star. And then in the portal, 247 had him as a five-star. So, I mean, obviously people think really highly of Dart, and, and it looks like he's got all the ability to be a great quarterback. It's just a matter of if that pans out for him or not. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's very interesting quarterback news, but not not probably the most interesting quarterback news that we got. Do uh do I need to go get you a tissue or no, are we no, no, no. are we are we gonna be okay over here? No, I'm I'm good, man. I you know I'm glad it's over. Like right, he did stretch that shit there, way out. There, there's so many people that on social media, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you are, it's like, what if he comes back? Or maybe he's doing this. Or oh, out of nowhere, here comes Wisconsin's going to land Caleb Williams, <laughs> all because well, he knows Russell Wilson, and they have a coach who he played with in high school, son that's at Wisconsin now. It's like all these stars are aligning in Wisconsin, and everybody. I'm just like, no, no, it's not happening. And that's everybody talking about he would come back to Oklahoma once he hit the portal. He was gone, and that's kind of what I don't know if you saw uh, Venables. He kind of got asked about it. And like he, he basically he was upfront and honest with it. Like he said, once you, no matter who you are, and in my eyes, when you enter the portal, in a sense, that tells me that you no longer want to be here. Yeah, if you're weighing your options to go somewhere else, you might as well just go somewhere else. And so that kind of tells me that. I mean, I think Venables knew. I mean, 
you don't not don't be stupid about it. Right. Like he the chances of him coming back to Oklahoma were very slim. And they wasted no time. No. I mean they flipped and immediately I, within I want to say four hours of the Williams hitting the portal. Right. Dylan Gabriel flipped. And and I think that that was what they needed to do all along because once once he hit the portal, there was obviously as a, as a fan a little bit of me that decided that thought man I hope he comes back maybe he'll change his mind, but. Ultimately, I've had a pretty good feeling the whole time he wasn't coming back to OU. So, anyways, Caleb Williams, top two, three quarterback in the country, you know, potentially, decides he's going to go to USC and join Lincoln Riley and that that staff there, along with a couple other guys from Oklahoma, and they're hitting the portal hard out, hard, out I mean, at USC. We, we just talked about this. They had to. They had eight total commits. In the 2022 class. Right. And so like, that's not that's not enough to fill a roster. You have to hit the portal hard when you do that. Like, and per Lincoln Riley, he did not take anyone from Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. yeah. He took I mean, kids from the transfer portal. If we do, we want to talk about that. Let's talk about I, it. Because I know you've got some shit you want to say. I don't. I mean, it's not. I, I'm not going to just go after Lincoln. I just think that's just the most asinine, just not intelligent comment <laughs> that you could make. We didn't take players from Oklahoma. We took them from the portal. Like, no shit. You took them from the portal. But where did they enter the portal from? That's just like the kid from Oregon that they got, or the kid from Alabama. Like, you got them from Alabama and Oregon, not the fucking transfer portal. The transfer portal is a magic place that and has I'll, no prior um I'll, I'll be the first arrangements. One. I mean, I'll be the first one to admit, Oklahoma, as much as anybody, has benefited from the portal the last five years under Lincoln Riley. Particularly, that's what he does. But to sit there and say that, you're just, he's just putting like a target on his back that I don't really understand. It's like, you're going to get on national TV with your your new best friend, Colin Cowherd, who's just, at this point, I, I didn't like the guy anyway, because he's always going after my guy, Baker Mayfield. And he's just I, somebody's take him off the planet at this point. <laughs> I can't stand the guy. Like now he's taking shots at Oklahoma in general. Like get a life. He's just doing it for clicks. And I'm I'm tired of seeing his crap on Twitter. But I, I'm not an idiot. I know how the portal works. Like, am I slightly bitter as an Oklahoma fan? Sure, slightly. I mean, slightly. Like Caleb Williams is one of the top players in the country potentially. Like. I still don't think he's proven a whole lot. I said that the last time we recorded, I think. Like, he's got a lot to prove. He's played in, like, what, six games? But, yeah, I mean, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm really sick of seeing all of a sudden USC is now going to win the 2022 national title. I wouldn't go that far. I would it's not like, go that far on that note. Oh, we got Caleb Williams and, and Mario Williams and, you know, Travis Dye and who knows who else, a couple other defensive players. Latrell McCutcheon. Let's let's let people not forget Dalton. <laughs> let me just refresh the memories of any college football fan that listens to this podcast. As an Oklahoma fan, I have went to bat for Lincoln Riley as as Oklahoma's head coach. And I think he's a good coach. But I would have been the first to admit to you that what he was doing at Oklahoma was never going to win a national title. It wasn't going to do it. It's it's not going to win a national title at USC either. Because it's been obvious since he took over at Oklahoma, the teams got less and less physical, less and less disciplined. Like there, there was no accountability, and that's part of what I think his problem is as a head coach. Is he's such a he's such a players' coach that he doesn't want to like 
make players mad. And so there's no, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen him get get into guys, like, on the sideline and stuff. But that's just not the kind of guy he is. Like, you know, you see Saban and Smart and all those guys. Like, it's a totally different deal with Lincoln. And that shows in his program and how OU plays. And it's like all these people that are like, oh, USC, they're automatic title contenders. They're going to do this. They're going to be so great. Did you not watch what happened at Oklahoma the last five years? Because it's basically the same staff. Oh, and that's what I was going to say. I would have left Alex Grinch in fucking Norman. Like, it's it's legitimately the same staff. I mean, you're going to have the same offense. So he didn't take all his offensive guys, but he, the whole defensive staff is there pretty much. Yeah. I Minus mean, like one or two guys, I think. I think who stayed? Running backs coach, DeMarco Murray, and... Well, most of the offensive staff stayed. Kelly the only offensive guy that he took was Simmons, I'm pretty sure. For coach. So, I like guys like Cowherd. Like, I want to ask him, like, did you watch the Sugar Bowl or the Orange Bowl three years ago, four years ago, when OU got just bludgeoned by Alabama in the first quarter and it was over? Or maybe the Peach Bowl in 2019 when Joe Burrow threw for 7,000 yards? Against Alex Grinch's defense. BD, baby. Like, you're still, if you get to the playoff at USC, you're going to have to play those teams. So, why all of a sudden, because you're in Southern California, oh, we're going to have better players. No, you're not. Lincoln was recruiting top 10 classes at Oklahoma, and he's going to do the same thing at USC, and he's going to put the same product on the field in a worse conference. So, maybe they'll think they're better. They're they're going to to do the same thing he did at OU. They're going to win Pac-12 championships. And they're going to get fucking donkey slapped in the fucking playoffs. And I agree. And I, I completely agree. The teams might be better, but I'm telling you right now, Oklahoma should have had a top 20 defense this year. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm being very loose with the number. I think that 20 should have been the top of where they should have been with that front seven. And I'm telling you right now, they under-fucking-performed because Alex Grinch is not the fucking guy. Well, and that's the whole thing. The, the, the speed defense, it's it's like it's almost like it's just running around like crazy. Like, they didn't get any better at tackling. Nope. They didn't get any better, like, in coverage. No, like, hell no. How often did you watch an Oklahoma game and just see somebody that was just totally confused, not where they're supposed to be, and it, it just, I'm just confused as to why all of a sudden, you know, none of these national people who ever wanted to give Oklahoma love with Lincoln Riley, all of a sudden at USC, oh, oh, that's going to be a monster out there. Like, why? Why, Dalton? I need you to tell me why. I need anyone to tell me why. I would love to know why. Because it's California, Tim. A- and we had California guys at Oklahoma. Oh, I know. Just like. They have them at Texas and Alabama. They have them everywhere. But at the end of the day, that coach, and I I have told you this before, while he was at OU, he had convinced fans, OU is the only program. I love Oklahoma football. You know that. Oh, absolutely. One of the only programs that I see on Twitter constantly talking about, you know, come here to be a champion and, and this and that, and they show, like, their Big 12 championship rings or, you know, whatever. And it's just like... He was content with that. At what point are we going to get, you know, tired of winning the Big 12, not a very good conference, 
and then go into the college football playoff, which I still would rather do than not be there and not have a chance. At what point is that going to be not good enough? Because everything you say is you come to Oklahoma to win championships, but that ain't what's happened in almost 25 years now. And the closest they've been, probably 2017, Lincoln kind of blew that for them, yeah. basically. I mean, kind of on the back of a, a horrible defense, but, you know, not as bad as the one the next year. But, you know, I, I'm just I, – I just can't get behind this idea, and it's not me being a bitter fan, and I, it's really not. It's just – I just want to know why all these people think all of a sudden because I'm going – he's going to USC, they're going to just dominate college football. Like, okay, Nick Saban's going to die. Alabama's just going to rot and burn to the ground, I guess. Georgia, Kirby Smart, he's going to have a heart attack, I'm sure, and they'll fall off the face of the earth. And – then the other, you know, Ohio State, Oklahoma, all these other teams, like OU's just dead in the water with Venables, I guess. It's like that, that program's done for, apparently, according to all these national people. I, I, I'm just, I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm sick of it, and I, I can't wait for this season. Maybe they'll be good, but, you know, calling it right now, they're going to go like 7-5. and five. And, and I, that's my prediction. And I'll stick by it, and I'll own it if I'm dead wrong. We we've talked about this. Who who out there can stop them? You've got two teams. You know who can stop them? Um, probably Utah. probably Utah and um, UCLA. Those are the two games on their schedule. They don't play Oregon next year. No, no, year. no. I, okay, so they don't play Oregon. But did you happen to hear what the the Oregon defensive coordinator said oh, yeah, in his he, press conference? Oh yeah, he he basically said fuck Lincoln Riley. Um, I think I think Oregon's going to be just fine. They they do got some fucking <clears throat> arrogance going out there, and I definitely don't think that they're afraid of uh, Lincoln Riley based on what this guy said. And you know, I think I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play the, the audio. I think that guy they hired at USC he got close, but never closed out the deal. So, do you wear your national championship ring when you when you go on the road recruiting? Well, only because you brought him up. Um, he did get close. Um, real close. We actually played him. I was, I was the defensive coordinator on the other side of the line. He had a guy named Kyler Murray, really good player. Um, it was twenty-eight to zero in the first quarter. So yeah, I, I remember that. Game. But he did get close. Yeah. You're right. Um, that is um, new Oregon defensive coordinator Tosh Lupoy from the top rope <laughs> on Lincoln Riley. Oh, for I all mean, of our listeners, if you're wondering. So yeah, Oregon is not concerned. No, and. I listened to that, and as a fan of OU, it's like, ah, oh, that hurts a little. Like, I watched that game. It, it hurt. It hurts to be like, yeah, that, but, yeah, good, but, good uh, one. But he kind of slapped you in the face too. Yeah, right. Yeah. As an OU fan, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, Colin Cowherd's kind of gonna have to retract a lot of shit he said about Baker Mayfield. Now, right? He's a Lincoln guy. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. if Lincoln Riley's so great, Baker Mayfield can't be as awful as he made out. Well, but no, and I think that USC is going to be so much better on offense. I agree. And just like OU, the defense is going to f- maybe maybe get some stops here and there, but I don't think that Alex Grinch's defense is going to dominate by no means. It's not going to be like Utah and out in the Pac-12, but when you look at their schedule, the only teams that are in their way right now are Utah and UCLA and Oregon in the Pac-12 North, but they avoid them, I want to say, like 
seventy percent of the time. Right. So, and, and the only time they would play them is in the Pac-12 championship, which I don't know. I think that they can win the South if they get past Utah, but I don't think they do it in the fashion that he did at OU, where they run the table. So I've got their schedule here, and we can just go through it. Okay. And we'll, I'll just let you guess what you think they're going to go based on this. Um. So, so they play Rice. Win. First game, September 3rd, Rice. Then they go to Stanford. Uh, Fresno State at home. That's a potential loss. Fresno State's a good, good team, good not, program. Not bad. Uh, they go to Oregon State. Win. They got Arizona State and Washington State back-to-back at home. Probably, I mean, they, Probably both win, all you wins. would think they should both win those games. At Utah, I'm calling a 35-point blowout loss at Utah. So so roughly 4-2 and two right now. Okay, fair enough. Uh, bye week, then they're at Arizona. Win. Probably Arizona's win. awful. Uh, California at home. Win. Colorado at home. Win. At UCLA. Loss. Notre Dame at home. Loss. Loss. So what's that? Eight and four? Eight and four. So I said seven and five. Yeah. So they could very easily and they, probably and maybe win one of those games yeah. or they could easily lose another one. Game. And I gave them a Stanford win and that's not a that's not a game at Stanford that they could potentially well, win. I mean, hell, even California. I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. It, but, it's one of those things where they could easily go seven and five and they could pull a fucking rabbit out of their ass and go. Right. Ten and two. I, I just... I just, you know, I don't want to sit here and, and beat on it because this is not a USC, this is not a Lincoln Riley podcast. It, it, it is today. I mean, it kind of is because that's the biggest news across college football is what just what a clown he's made of himself based on, you know, you, you get the top player out of the portal, but then you want to spat off that we need to have some regulations. At some point, we're going to have to do, did you see that? Did you see what he said about that? Oh, he, about regulating the portal? He said, at, at some point, we'll have to put in some guardrails to ensure when it can happen, when it can't happen, so players and staffs are a little bit more on the same page. And that's, it's great. The tweet that that's a part of, it says right after that, ironic. I mean, that's, like, it's, yeah, let's put some guardrails on it so you can't leave and just completely burn a program to the ground overnight, essentially. Well, and he is the biggest benefactor of the transfer portal, like we talked about. I don't think anybody outside of Ed O has had any greater success with the transfer portal. I mean, both of his fucking Heisman winners come from the transfer portal. Well, Baker wasn't necessarily the portal wasn't a thing then, but he was a transfer. Right. So it's for him to say that is the pot calling the kettle black. It just don't make sense. Nothing he has said has made any sense. And again, I'm just beating the hell out of it. Like I know that I am. But not even as an Oklahoma fan, just like, I, I'm just already, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of seeing it. Like, I can already tell it's just going to be the Lincoln Riley and USC suck show all year long. How great can they be out there? How how good can he be? Like, I I just, it just, you know what it further affirms, Dalton, is just the, the national hate of Oklahoma. Because by God, when he was at OU winning all these games, you know, not winning at all, not a single thing's talked about OU except what they still can't do under Lincoln Riley. But now he's at USC and it's like, oh my God, like, oh, oh, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Just give me a break. Just prove it. Prove it to me. That's all I got to say about it. And and I'm done. I, I'm done. You know, Caleb Williams, I absolutely know you're not ever going to hear this. But if you do, I have no real issue with him. No. He he did it all the right way. He finished the season. He finished the season with the guys that he was there with. 
He went out a winner. And, you know, will he be a beloved quarterback in OU history? No. no. Like, I've already moved on. But you'll always have the Texas game. Like, that's... Shut, it's, the, shut the fuck up. It's it's a historic moment for him and, and OU fans. That, that was, it was. And I hate that that's, you know, going to kind of cut you a little bit, but... You know. Yeah, I can just see it all over your face. You're just you're just agonizing pain right now. Yeah. So again, I, he I, left you. He doesn't love you. <laughs> and for all, and, I, and I want to say something. Back in December, I got berated for making the comment to OU fans that Caleb Williams could possibly transfer, and I got absolutely destroyed and roasted. And you had to come to my defense and say that Caleb Williams did say that after the bowl game, he would potentially weigh his options. And I'm telling you motherfuckers now, ha, ha. Okay. Yeah. I mean, let's let's just chill out a little bit over there. Um, I don't think you got a whole lot to, to you know. We got the future. Okay. Sure you do. We'll that's, get into that's it. That's every year for Texas. It's, it's, we're, we're, we're back. There's always next year. We're yeah. back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Quinn Ewers for president. <laughs> Heisman. They're going to split it three ways. So, again, yeah. I, as a fan, Caleb Williams, I wish him nothing but the best. I hate that he's going to play for USC because I'm going to have to root against him. Sorry. I hope he don't win a Heisman. I hope he don't win shit. But I hope he goes on to the NFL, has a good career or whatever. Not going to not gonna wish ill on him like I do Lincoln Riley. <laughs> I think Lincoln Riley's a coward. But anyway. Um yeah, so that's about all we're going to talk on that. I say that's about all. We we had a pretty good little spill there. Um, so let's go ahead and get into the, we're going to discuss our, not ours, but per 24, 24-7 sports, the top 10 transfer portal recruiting classes. And so I've got the list here. Um, at number one, we do have USC, shocker. Oh. Uh, number two, Ole Miss, again, both guys we talked about for both those teams, right. shocker. Uh, number three, LSU. Number four, dead in the water, never to be heard from again, Oklahoma, shockingly enough. Number five, Florida State. Number six, Arkansas. Number seven, South Carolina. Number eight, Texas. Number nine, TCU. And number 10, Michigan State. And that is per 247 Sports. So I've got we've got some notes here about all those. Um, and obviously the big, the big ones at USC are Caleb Williams, Mario Williams. And then Travis Dye. Right. Those and I want to say that they got a linebacker from Alabama that was a four star. But the and like we just talked about, when you only have eight recruits in your twenty twenty two class, you have to hit the portal hard. And we talked about yeah. OU having to do the same thing because right. they had a little bit of a light a light um recruiting class, but Well yeah, it's because they all left when Lincoln well, yeah. quit. But and he he I'm does sorry, he I'm done. I'm done. I, I I'm know done. I'm done. he he did what he had to do he went and got the guys that he felt he needed to succeed and it just so happened to come to the expense of OU three times right and so yeah I I think it's it's obvious USC is the number one class I would fully understand why they are ranked that high I mean you got Caleb Williams who was a top player out of high school and was the top player in the portal. Yeah, once he was in the portal, um, the Williams Mario Williams, he was a five star out of Florida. Like the dude's got crazy talent, um, very high ceiling. We'll see how it goes. He he had a decent freshman year at OU. Didn't 
probably get the ball in his hands as much as I would have liked, or a lot of people for that matter. And then Travis Dye, I mean, he's like, well, I think over a 3,000-yard career rusher at Oregon. I mean, just kind of a bring-your-lunch-pill kind of guy. He runs hard. Yeah, so. I mean, hard. I I watched him when he played OU, and he literally, his feet never stopped moving. Yeah, and my only thing with USC, and this is purely from an analytical standpoint, this is not hate speech or nothing like that, those are all well and good, great players, but the key for USC is going to be up front, the offensive line and the defensive line. And right now, I mean, I don't know who they have. I, I don't imagine it's real good. They went four and eight last year. Like, there's a reason for that other than not having a permanent coach. I mean, it's not like they, they didn't have Jackson Dart slinging the rock. Right. But, so, I mean, prime example is, look what, you can have all the skill power in the world. Look at Texas. They had yeah. maybe the best running back in college football. And he struggles because he's having to make guys miss in the backfield. Right. And and because I, the line was not up to par, neither was the defensive line all year. Again, it it doesn't matter how good a quarterback you are, doesn't matter how good wide receiver you got or running back, if you can't block it up and, you know, get some push up front, you're not gonna have a lot of success. I mean, look at all these teams that have been in the playoff, like LSU, their team, they won the Joe Moore Award, best offensive line. Twenty eighteen, mm-hmm. OU won it. Like, they're in the playoff. I think Alabama, I think, won it in 2020. And then Notre Dame's been in the playoff, and they usually are up there, and they've won it recently. So that is a big deal that USC is going to have to figure out. But it helps having those three guys. And, you know, the others that they added, those are just really the most notable. And and so, yeah, that, that gives them the number one, according to 247, the number one transfer portal class in the country. And then right behind them, like we talked about a little bit ago, is Ole Miss. And, again, we, we kind of talked about it. They add the dark kid. Uh, he brings Trigg, the, the tight end with him, and then the very talented running back, Zach Evans. And it's kind of the same deal, except Ole Miss is in a lot better position than USC because they don't, they don't have a new head coach. They've got probably a way more talented roster up and down, whether it's linemen, defensive linemen, defensive players. Like they just, there's way more stability there. So I think USC got probably the better players, but Ole Miss, they got, I mean, they got three dudes, and then they've got some other guys, I'm sure. But Zach, are, Zach Evans is going to be the motor that makes that that offense run. Yeah, I agree, and. Could could you imagine if he stayed committed to Georgia? <laughs> yeah, I mean, based on the guys they have too. Yeah, it's it would have been ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, w- we talked about it a little bit with with his recruitment being so crazy. But I mean, the guy he had a good year at uh, TCU. Um, they they weren't very good. Uh, he didn't play against Oklahoma, so I didn't really watch him a ton because I don't pay a lot of attention to TCU outside of when they play OU. But um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think he will be, and and I think that's the case for a lot of teams. You have a really good running back like that that you can do. I mean, he's you can do all kinds of stuff with him. Like he can yeah, run he, it. He's a great pass catcher between too. the tackles. He can get out wide. He can yeah catch it out of the backfield. Like he's he's just a big time threat. And and again, like I said, the Trig kid, highly recruited tight end that a lot of people are high on, and he's obviously got that chemistry already with Jackson Dart. So yeah, I mean the the lane train it might going to keep rolling. It might be rolling in uh in Ole Miss and and the SEC. Um, 
we'll we'll see how that goes. But I I don't mind Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin, he's quirky enough that I I kind of enjoy his antics, and they have some badass uniforms at Ole Miss. They, them 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 powder baby blues yeah. are fucking nasty. But then uh, number three, which I I don't know. I based on based on their most notable players that I have, like I don't know, whatever. Um, I mean, they LSU's got- number three. They got the Wingo kid, a big time defensive player. I think he transferred from Missouri, I believe. Yeah, and they got the and then Bernard, they got Bernard kid Converse from, from Oklahoma State, oh, yeah. which that's kind of a odd transfer. It is, but um, I mean, I feel like he transferred up. But yeah, yeah, for sure, good for him, but just it's kind of a strange, strange they, fit. Really. They get a uh, Noah Kane, the yeah. running back. Yeah, but. Um, <clears throat> they might be okay if Brian Kelly can stop dancing behind recruits. Jesus Christ. That, uh, I'm telling you, that was a terrible hire. That is not a good hire, Tim. He is not going to fit that culture for shit. I I keep seeing those videos. Uh, they're awful. And I was going to talk about this at the end of the podcast today, but I'm just going to talk about it now. He needs, somebody needs to stop, stop him. recording him. Right. Like, that thing that they do is cool for the players, but... Not when when you've got your coach behind you, it looks like they're dancing in a club, like he's grinding on some poor girl. He looks like Urban Meyer. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and he's like so awkwardly looking at the camera and throwing up their little L thing that they do for LSU. I'm just like... By by the way, with that recruit, he caught the L. He committed committed Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, I saw that. That's it was it was almost just perfect. Uh, I just I see I keep seeing that. It's like the second or third one of those videos I've seen, and I'm just like, who at LSU? Who thinks that's a good idea? Yeah, that, like it's a cool little deal. You but don't just see let, Nick Saban and Kirby Smart doing that. You don't see anybody doing yeah. it. Just let the players get up there and spin the camera around them and like do their thing that they do. Don't the coach like Brian Kelly of all people? Right. Get get off camera immediately. Like you're hurting your brand. You're hurting your own name. Like at this point, his family probably needs to go into hiding. It's literally <laughs> that embarrassing. But. Yeah, I, I was going to touch on that at the end, but uh, we just got into it there. But yeah, LSU, number three in the in the transfer portal rankings. Um, and then so right behind them, we have Oklahoma, again, dead in the water, never to be seen again. But here we are at number four in the transfer portal rankings. Shockingly enough, Oklahoma has not died, Dalton. Can you believe that? Yet. Yet, okay. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I saw some, who was it? Some, some dumbass... Austin writer. Oh God! Here, here we go. Is with it the, Kirk Bowles? Here we go with the comments of Oklahoma is going to the SEC and they will turn into the Nebraska of the SEC. I think it was Kirk Bowles. Like, I mean, maybe so. I, who knows? I can't read the future, but neither can that guy. And no, Kirk Kirk Bowles is an idiot. They, does, they, does, they do they him. not realize like it's probably going to be a couple of years before they go to the SEC. And OU is going to be markedly in markedly better shape than Nebraska was going to the damn big. Like Nebraska had already fallen off in their own conference. Yeah. And then they joined the Big Ten. Like they had one or two good years there with Sue. Towards the end, they had yeah, yeah. Dominic and Sue. And then, but OU, it's a completely different like dynamic to me. But we're not going to talk about that. I just had to throw that in there because I saw that and I just thought it was just totally ignorant. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's old news. I, I didn't know that Pat Fields left. Yeah, that, that I just I'm just scrolling through here and looking. Well, when he that's totally random. But yeah, Patrick Fields, he the safety at Oklahoma. He went to, to Stanford. He originally announced that he was going to go. Like a lot of people thought it was just academically, just go to school. 
but, but then he decided he's going to play football. But yeah, uh, notables for the Oklahoma transfer portal class, obviously quarterback Dylan Gabriel from UCF, um, top, probably the top guy. And then the other one I had down is, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. He's a Hawaiian kid also. Uh, Leolu, maybe. Like, I think he's a defensive lineman. They also got a pretty good-looking defensive tackle from Tulane, of all places. And I, w- I wonder how they got tape on him. Yeah, right. He tortured him last year, first game of the season. But he he looks like a really good player too. Well, the the inside lineman from Cal. Yeah, he, that's a piece that OU was going to have to replace, and that that's a good get. And and so yeah, I mean OU. A lot of people were wondering if Venables, because the way he talked about it, he kind of acted like he wasn't really going to rely heavily on the portal. And I think you can't really base it off what he's done this year because I think he's kind of had to do that. To yeah, build his roster. Well, so. I mean, and that's what, like we had said, when you're, when you're recruiting halls light, yeah. you have to hit the portal Which, a little harder. You know what he hasn't done, Dalton? Oh God, don't. You know how many don't. players? You know how many players from Clemson have entered the portal and came to Norman, Oklahoma? None. Yeah, zero. But so, again, and here's my deal. Here's my deal. It's called who, integrity. Look who, it up. No, no, it's called. Being a fucking winner. No. Okay. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm, okay. Te- I'm telling you. Okay, yeah, winner. Okay. I'm telling you right fucking now. If I was Venerables, what was the stable of Clemson this year? Was it their offense? No. What was it? It was their defense. I would have fucking told every single one of them in their meeting, hey, I'm going to OU, wink face. Uh, yeah, well, again. And what happened? In- in- if, in- if they hit the portal, guess what? Integrity. If he doesn't win at OU, they will fire him. I Fuck that. integrity. You think he's really going to have that hard of a time winning like this year, next year, maybe the year after that in the Big 12? No, but when he gets to the SEC. Yeah, when he gets to the SEC, it'll be his program that he's built the last three years, and it'll be okay. It's just it's just different. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think that integrity is such bullshit. I... I would do too to an extent. But I, you you are a head coach now. You are paid here, to win games and you are paid to get the best team possible in Norman. If that includes taking guys from other schools that you just left that you that you recruited. He recruited all them defensive players. I, I agree. Go get them. What I'm saying is it's it's honorable. It it is honorable to be that kind of person. Because it is pretty much on the record of him saying he has told guys if they are in the portal or even recruits, like, hey, see see the Clemson thing through. And then, you know, that was like with the Kanak kid. I was like, he didn't he flip a Clemson Kanak? So, yeah. And, and the way that it was talked about was he basically told the kid, like, you need to see it through. And the kid pretty much said, hey, I am going to Clemson because of you, like, and I, I, I want to go. To, I want to play for you in, in, at Oklahoma. Norman's closer to home too, isn't it? Oh yeah, wasn't that kind yeah. of a deal? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So so you you know I can respect the integrity, but at the same time, I agree. It's a dog eat dog world. You got to do what you got to do. do what you got to do to win. I totally agree. I just think the way you do it is what shows the the integrity and the character. That's that's all I'm trying to say. But again, that's all hearsay. Who knows what's really going on behind you know, closed doors. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I was kind of talking about. I, I don't, cause you know, Clemson, they don't do the portal. No, at all. doesn't do at the all at all. So it'll be really interesting to see going forward. If, if Oklahoma, I'll be interested to see if Venables sticks with the portal. I don't really think he will 
like rely on it as heavily as like say a guy like Lincoln Riley typically does year in and year out. Well, but, and 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 a and a kind of a showing factor is the portal is great to supplement your already built team. You can't build yes. a team out of the portal. Right. Michigan State had a great year from the portal. Right. But you can't build a winning program through the portal. Yeah, I agree. And so we'll move on from Oklahoma, number four. Number five is Florida State. And I'm going to be totally honest with you on my notes. I don't have a single notable player um, because I looked at the list of guys and I really just wasn't just taken aback by anybody. The only thing I took from it was they have, they've got a lot of transfers. Like, I think they had like more total transfers than just about anybody. Yeah, guys leaving. Well, not not just that, but guys coming in. So I think that's what's given them so much of a bolster in those rankings is, again, I, I don't have really anybody of significance. It's just they have a lot of guys that they're bringing in. So, you know, maybe like a total overhaul type of deal at Florida State. So from there, we're going to move on to number six, and that's Arkansas, who, I don't know, other than these three guys I have down, kind of the same deal. But, I mean, really, it's that way with everybody. Nobody just has, you know, eight or ten dudes that yeah, are in the yeah. portal. But they got um, the Sanders kid, linebacker from Alabama, big-time player. Um, a lot of people thought he was headed to Texas. A lot, or, a lot of people. Or Oklahoma, actually. Those were kind of two or two of the more talked about. But he ends up and lands at uh, Arkansas along with uh, former OU wide receiver Jaden Hazelwood. And then I think I had one more guy. Landon Jackson. Yeah, Landon Jackson. From LSU, the yeah. defensive end that yeah. kind of become famous for so, his drill running. Right. So that's their three kind of notable guys. Um, Arkansas is doing some interesting things recruiting. Um, kind of just, they, they've done like some noteworthy stuff that you just think about Arkansas football and it's like, what what's going on over there in Fayetteville? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you know, what's going on anywhere? I mean, who knows today? But, yeah, I mean, they have six total transfers as far as what I'm looking at here. And, like, those three guys all were, like, blue-chip recruits. So, yeah, that that's a good good transfer class for them. So then moving on from Arkansas, we have well, – was, was it Arkansas that the tweet come out saying that she was getting paid by the football – Program to sleep with recruits. Uh, was that that's Arkansas? possible? That, I, I think that happened at. Uh, I, I thought that was Arkansas. Like this was right after Drew Sanders committed. It might. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I I didn't look too much into it, but yeah, I think it was Arkansas. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, do what you got to do, right? <laughs> Nil Did, money didn't OSU? Pussy, fuck I think it. I think OSU got in trouble for that, and I don't know if it was for with football. It was, yeah, it was. It was, it it was less miles. Yeah, he got I, in trouble at OSU yeah, for like it was cheerleaders. Was cheerleaders. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, honestly, yeah, like you said, do what you got to do, right? Um, so yeah, moving on from Arkansas, uh, at number seven you have South Carolina, the Gamecocks, and um, they they have, you know, a, a lot of people are rooting for for Rattler. You know, they're he's definitely their biggest transfer guy. Say what you want about how he totally flopped at Oklahoma. Who knows how much of that was his fault or his coach that was, you know, quit on the team. But um, still talking about that, I, huh? I, it's it's never going to go away. No, and he's got his he got one of his favorite targets in Austin Stogner coming yeah. with him. And and I think 
that's a good fit for both of them because of the guy they're coaching, you know, Shane Beamer, former OU uh, assistant. Um, based on everything I've seen, people just love him. And he, he was one of the, I think he was the top, like, lead recruiter with Stogner when he was at Oklahoma. So that made a lot of sense. And then it makes sense for Spencer, too. Uh, kind of, it would be kind of a chance for him to go and redeem himself. And I'm rooting for him. I, I hope he does well. Just because all, like, don't get me wrong, he, he flopped at Oklahoma. And I I was one of the first to say, you know, if he ain't going to get it done, it's time for a change. That's fine. But. I, th- I still think he's a really talented player. I think behind the right offensive line, he can be really, really good. Yeah. And, and with the right weapons around him. He may not get that at South Carolina. No, though. he might not. That's very true. But at but, least he's in the East. Yeah, that's that's for sure. So I, I'm rooting for him. I hope they have a good year. Um, the real USC, you know. The real USC. Yeah, the real USC. I've seen a deal where he got, <laughs> he, got, he got on campus and said, I thought we, you said we were going to USC, Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they, that, that's who I have down as their notables, uh, Stogner and Rattler. They've got obviously some other guys, but you know, they're excited about Beamer and he, you know, they went six and six, won their bowl game. He got dumped, mayonnaise dumped on him, the which Duke I think is the worst tradition of all time. Um, but that's beside the point. But yeah, I think South Carolina, I mean, being in that division, I mean, other than Georgia, I mean, you got Florida, but Florida is totally Florida's, rebuilding yeah, and just in shambles. Are they even rebuilding those? Well, thing? I mean, I mean they're got, they they're high on the Napier guy. Well, so. I'm I'm high on the Napier guy too, but you can't. I think they have like a below seventy five recruiting class this year. Yeah, and so, the portal ain't shit either. Right. So yeah, I mean, kind of a good a good position for South Carolina for sure. Yeah. I mean, you're still gonna have to play Georgia, and you know they're not gonna be there. And Kentucky, Kentucky's right. on Kentucky's the up. okay. And and so I think that you know they go six and six. So if if they could go you know eight and four, maybe nine and three, like that's a good year, yeah, right? That's right. a real good year. And and I mean I haven't looked at their schedule, but I get that gets that gets Beamer hired somewhere else. I mean you know being in the SEC, they're going to have a couple games that are total totally irrelevant, and then there's going to be some teams they play in the SEC that aren't any good. Yeah. And so I mean that I think they have a chance to have a good season. And I think they have an SEC schedule to where. They play like three FCS schools, and yeah. can't wait for that. Right. And so they're at number seven, and so from them we're going to go to number eight, the mighty, not to be taken lightly, we're back, Texas Longhorns. The, the Hold on. The the who? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Texas, they, they actually don't have a ton of transfers based on what I'm looking at here, but they do have some good ones, and they come in at number eight. Um, adding to what was a top five class. Um, so one could say the future is bright in Austin, but again, we've had this conversation. It seems to be bright every year. It's, and it, it just got brighter. It, it just sputters out. We, like bring, a, we bring home the promised sun uh, in yeah, Quinn. Uh-huh, yeah. Tell me all about it, Dalton. This, oh, is, this is your time no. to shine. Oh, my goodness. We, uh, we are... Right. Turn that shit off. We are back. We are back. We have a generational quarterback. We have a Blitnikoff winning wide receiver next year. Write it down. 
and Bijan's going to win the Heisman. Cut and dry. We also have Gary Patterson. Put him in the transfer portal rankings and see how high we go up. <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness. Uh, oh, my God. What did I just hear? What did no, I just hear? In, in all seriousness, Texas did exactly what they needed to do in the portal. I know we only have four commits, potentially five coming up with the TCU defensive end, who is uh, still waiting to announce. But... You get Quinn. Obviously, Hudson Card wasn't going to get it done. You bring in a five-star quarterback who has kind of had a wild recruiting, yeah, to say the least. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. But you but you go get uh, Billingsley from Alabama, who good pickup, who had a really who under Sark had a really good year at Alabama, mm-hmm. and then. The, yeah, hey, if you know if he would have won the Heisman, you could have brought that with him, with you to Texas, like he tried to do Devonta Smith's. You know. Oh no, we brought that. Okay, we brought yeah. his Bolitnikov trophies in. Is in it in Austin? Austin? Okay. Yeah, we got I, a copy. I figured so, but um, but uh, the kid from Wyoming, Neuer, 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 yeah, he uh, he's going to be a great one-two punch with Worthy. You heard it here first, listeners. A transfer from Wyoming. Gonna be the guy at Texas. Don't talk no shit because you've got one in all you in, o, in OU's <laughs> transfer portal, bitch tits. But no, and then they get the Ryan Watts kid from Ohio State, who is going to immediately start on at corner because their corners are just god awful. At Texas, yeah, they're awful. Really horrible, hmm. horrendous. Maybe even worse than OU's. Oh, no. Hey, we got rid of our one bad one. He went to USC. <laughs> yeah, he, he ran away from Xavier Worthy. Mm-hmm. He said, if I go to USC, mm-hmm. I don't get ran by for 100, 280 mm-hmm. yards. That's right. Um. So, yeah, I, as much as I hate Texas and I enjoy hating Texas, good good transfer class. And, and like I said, they had a good a good recruiting class, period. And so they'll, I mean, again... Uh, you say we're back every year, but are, are they? Well, we're we'll back. See. We'll see. Tim, so, Tim, 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 look at me. Yeah, we're back. Okay, sure you are. Um, at number nine, we're gonna move on before this just gets too out of hand. Um, TCU shows up at number nine in two four seven. Um, I think this is more of a qual a quantity. Yeah, that's Drop in. that's kind of what I'm looking at as well. Not not really anything. I mean, I don't know how they're up there when you lost your coach and you lost your best player in Evans. Um, I, mean, I know they lost a guy to OU, a um, the offensive, offensive lineman. lineman. Uh, so yeah, I mean TCU. I'd uh, be interested to see how they are this year. They 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 got the uh, the running back from I want to say it's Louisiana. Uh, the raging Cajuns. Yeah. I, I think he. I think he was projected as a four star, and then they got Traylon Burke from, or Traylon Smith, not Burke. I'm sorry, Traylon Smith from Arkansas. But those are really the only notables that I have, and they lost their, um, potentially lose their all Big Twelve Conference defensive end. Yeah. So I mean, it's. I think it's more of a like a quantity. Yeah. I I would agree. And then so we'll move on from then. Showing up at number ten is Michigan State. 
which kind of the same deal. Who? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really have a whole lot to add on that. Um, so yeah, I mean that's based on twenty four seven sports. That's that's your top ten recruiting class, and that we just wanted to touch on that because obviously that's kind of the biggest news around college football right now with with the dart news that broke and then Williams like transfer. It's obviously kind of the topic of debate right now in college football. So I, I will say this: um, number eleven with three commits. Obviously, the big one there for Alabama is uh, the Eli Ricks kid from LSU. Yeah, right. But, I mean, they're losing guys. Yeah, they lost the uh, Wheaton kid. Kamar Wheaton's in the that, portal. That, yeah. If I'm OU, I am, that's 100% a fight that I'm trying to get into. Yeah, I don't know the way his recruitment ended. I, mean, I know it's a different staff now, but. I mean, who cares? Right. I mean, sure. I mean, talent's talent. Yeah. I agree. Texas, but, if if Zach Evans would have said, "Hey, I'm coming to Texas," you think Texas would have gave a shit about what his recruitment looked like? Oh no, I'm sure, and I'm sure. That, I thought OU was going to go after Zach Evans. That I mean, scared me to death. Yeah, I thought they kind of would too. And I, I mean, I saw it talked about a little bit, but um, obviously it didn't happen. So yeah, so that that rounds out our top ten, and and that that's kind of where we're at in the in the transfer portal. Um, seems to really be the only thing to talk about in college football right now is who's transferring where. And, you know, it, it's just craziness, really. And it's it's totally changed the the landscape of college football. And I, I've told you this, and this is coming from, again, a guy that is an OU fan that has seen his team benefit from the portal. I think something, they got to do something. Like, I, these players, they have too much power. And that's, I mean, that's the world we live in. It's all do what you want to do. Don't care what anybody thinks. But like, I, I don't know. It, it just, it's just too easy. Like, I think they, they need to set some kind of, some kind of guidelines. And like, as much as I hate him, what Lincoln said, I agree with. I just think it's totally ironic that he says that after they get Caleb Williams to and transfer. And da- Dabo, he's, he's made this comment. Because I'm not, I'm not against the portal. Go no. Ahead. Sorry. Dabo, he, he's made this comment that they need to go back to the making a kid sit out a year. Yeah. Here's, here's my whole knock on that. Here's the way that I think the NCAA should limit the transfer portal. You should get a free transfer if, your head coach and you know I think that the way that the NCAA can kind of I wouldn't say fix a lot of the transfer portal stuff is give guys a free a free transfer if your head coach leaves yeah your coordinator leaves or your position coach leaves but if not, you don't get one. But if not, you have to sit a year. Yeah, I, th- if, I th- because and the the big deal with the transfer portal is is people are like, well, so and so left. Why didn't he? Ha- why didn't the coach have to sit out a year? And it's it's too easy for coaches to leave and just pick up their lives at another school. But you can't tell a kid, hey, the coach you wanted to come play for just left. You have to either stay here and play, or you have to sit out a year when you transfer. I think that. If one of those situations happens, you should get a free transfer. I think that transferring just because you're not getting playing time should be a year set. Yeah. I like that. I but, mean, I think that would that but, would be fair. Well, I've seen a lot of people 
um, talk about, you know, if you transfer, maybe sit out, not be allowed to do NIL for a year. No, and, that, that's and that, I mean, I that, 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 I don't agree with that. It, I, th- I think if your coach, position coach or coordinator leaves, that you should have the opportunity to free transfer. Right. But if not, if not, you have then to sit, sit a year. Yeah, I, I like that. I mean, it's never going to happen because no, and, Pandora's and, box has already been opened, and so you're not you're not going to close it. And like, and obviously, grad transfers they they're free to do what they want. Yeah. They did their time at a school, let them go where they want to go. But um, I think that that would be a, a good fix for the NCAA. It probably won't ever happen. Kind of like they've just let shit run wild with NIL. But it is what it is. It's the world we live in now. Get on the train or get left behind. Right. And and we live in such a world where everything's just okay. People, you just do what you want to do. And there's just like no, there's no boundaries, no, no, well, really like, not necessarily that that has anything to do with morals, but it's just, in the world we live in is just to do what you do, do what you want to do, whatever's going to make you happy. You don't care about anybody else. You don't care about how it's going to affect other people. You don't care what anybody thinks, and that's kind of that kind of reflects a little bit of that. It's just these kids; they instead of you know committing to a university, maybe for an educational standpoint, along with football, um, that's totally just an old ideal way of thinking. It's it's what's going to prepare me for the NFL, and if I'm not playing, I'm leaving. I'm not buying my time. I'm not going to try to work hard and get better and beat a guy out. I'm going to go wherever. I can go and go play. And that's that's just what kids do. And, you know, it's not, not really how I'm wired, but I get it. I get why kids do that. It, it's fine. I just, I think the portal is just, it's just kind of out of control. And the system system has allowed them to do it. And it, you, there used to be a year sit rule until COVID. Yeah. And then once the COVID deal hit, they, they let the whole, just do what you want. Right. Free reign. And so, yeah, so... With that, we're we're kind of done with the portal, and you know we went over those rankings. So, really, uh, this last kind of I guess what if you would want to call it a segment, uh, we're going to just talk a little bit college football news. Um, I was going to make the comments about Brian Kelly needing to stay the hell away from a camera at LSU, but we kind of already touched on that. Uh, kind of the other couple other things that were I mean not huge news. One of them's definitely bigger news than the other, but. Um, I don't know if you saw the news about Alabama's defensive coordinator. Oh, getting a DUI. Pete Golding gets yeah. is a he, Dewey. He got a Dewey. I swear. <laughs> he, he got a Dewey. He's I I'm convinced he's like just a player at Alabama. Right. Have you seen like all the stuff that goes around? <laughs> oh, like, uh, he got caught on camera after the, the uh, SEC the championship game after the hugging the cheerleader and he's like, Oh my god, there's a camera. <laughs> oh oh shit. away from me. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> And and so yeah, he he gets arrested on DUI charges. I don't think anything's come of that. Um, I, I don't think anything's gonna come of yeah. that. Um, Nick Saban don't give a shit. He coaches good defense. So, Who cares? Right. So we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna see. Dewey, though. We're gonna see. Um, you know how that goes, but now he just gets a chauffeur yeah, to drive him to every right, recruiting right, trip. Yeah, <laughs> which I still can't figure out. All these guys, like I know NFL is a totally different deal, and I know a lot of those guys do it. But like, if you're a college coach too, like if you're going to go out and drink and have fun and all that, like you mean to tell me like you're going to risk your livelihood driving home instead of like having a driver? Or it is so easy in today's world to call a Lyft or an Uber or whatever. 
there is literally, there has never been less of a, like, reason to drive drunk than there is in today's world. And people still, it just blows me away, Dalton. But here's the thing. You're Alabama, of all people. What's there, what, what, what is the professional sport in Alabama? Well, Alabama football. Yeah. In Tuscaloosa. Yeah. So, Pete Golding, the defensive coordinator, calls an Uber. Well, I know everybody's going to know, but wouldn't you rather everybody know I took an Uber home drunk than I got a DUI and got arrested? <laughs> I mean, the, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I mean, I would. I would think so, but at the same time, some people don't want that. Some people aren't Urban Meyer out here grinding on uh, yeah. college Ur- chicks well, in Ur- an Ohio bar. Urban Meyer is a scum <laughs> bag. We should have hired him in Texas. You probably should have. He'd <laughs> fit right in. He would. Um, but yeah, so. The other news is uh, we're going to get into, and I know you're very excited to talk about this. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about this. So Auburn is currently in shambles after head coach Brian Harson has been accused or proven to be having an extramarital affair with a female staffer. The assistant... The special assistant to the head coach. Yeah, she's a special assistant. Oh, right. my God. She's gorgeous. Um, I, do, I don't blame him. I actually haven't really looked into this story a whole lot just because I I, I just haven't. Like, I, I've that's seen... That's all you got to see, bro. Yeah, I see. I see. Um, I've seen all the pictures going around. Like, I think we talked about it before we even started recording of how he developed the talent. Oh, based yeah. On her when she was like a dancer she was a at dancer Boise State. Boise State. Um, it's, that's all funny. Uh, it's obviously not funny that this guy is potentially ruining his marriage. Well, here's the thing. People may not know him and his wife might have an open marriage. Well, that's very true. And I- they're out here trying to slander his name. And a, a lot of what I've seen is people saying Auburn haven't, wasn't excited about this hire from day one. Yeah. So now they're, so now they're trying to find ways like to get rid of him. Gaslight him out of there. Right. Yeah. Probably, they probably told the told the girl to try and have an affair with him so we could fire him. Right, and um, here's the thing: uh, her name's Clessy, C L E S I, Crochet. If Ow. Auburn fires you, the Cover Two Podcast is expanding its offices, and we will have a position for you. <laughs> oh my god! We will discuss pay. Okay, pay, <laughs> and we will discuss pay. Who's paying you? We will discuss pay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And t- and job title, ma'am. Dalton <laughs> will discuss pay, not me. Um, because I'm not getting paid. If anybody's getting paid, I'm not getting paid. You don't want to sit in on this conversation. Uh, I mean, maybe your wife doesn't listen to the podcast. You can say how hot oh, she is. Oh, now, now, don't be trying to get me in trouble. Um. Oh no, she's a smoke show, bro. <laughs> My wife's already said that she would understand. <laughs> She is a smoke. <laughs> what what show. do we do? Well, this is no longer a college she, football podcast. Um, she, she's, she's recruiting. She, she I'm she, sure like, she is. No, what I'm saying is like she is a part of like director of recruiting there. I, like, how is Auburn not good? I, well, I mean, it's apparently a going thing. You know, there was oh. there was the rumors about Lincoln and his recruiting coordinator. Well, um, he took her with him. That was apparently why he went to Southern California, but she went with him. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Rumors might be true. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but I'm not gonna stir but, the pot. Um, so yeah, who's Brent Venables' director? Of, right. Yeah, some military guy. Probably so. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I mean, that's it's going to be interesting to see uh, if Auburn does fire him. Uh, I don't personally think that they will. I don't think they will either. I think, I think this is if, all. If anything, they'll wait for him to go seven and five this year, and then they'll fire him. Yeah, if not worse. And so, yeah, because I don't, I don't think I don't, Auburn's going to be very kind of, good. Because then somebody said that they're really talking about firing him and hiring Hugh Freeze. I saw that on Twitter. It was being talked about in an Auburn football space yeah. on Twitter. Hi, hi, fire him and yeah. hire Hugh Freeze. Who has, I'm pretty sure, been in trouble for the exact same thing. No, it was uh, NCAA money violations at Ole Miss whenever they were getting good when they got the Kim uh, Dietschy kid. Oh, well. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Hugh Freeze falls under that, like, Urban Meyer-ish Do you know where realm. he's at? He was, uh, wasn't he like at Liberty? He's at Liberty. Yeah. Of all places. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure uh, Jerry well, Jerry Falwell Jr. <laughs> was would be very thrilled with that hire. Uh, he, he'll actually probably, if he don't have anything to do with that university anymore, but if, if that was the case with Harson and his wife, if they're swingers, then Falwell Jr. would hire him at Liberty too. Right. Because um, that's what him and his wife are into. Um, so, yeah, I guess with that... Um, We've kind of covered everything we we were gonna cover today, and and again, you know, it's it's good to be back. It's great to be back, and I've missed you. I will say we're gonna kind of mutter through muddle through this outro. Um, I will not promise listeners that we will record every week, probably throughout the off season, because just me and Dalton both have lives. We have full time jobs and families, and it's hard to do it as is now. Um, and we're literally doing this all for, I mean, our own fun really more than anything. We love to do it. Uh, no financial gain or anything like that. And, and it's just, there's with there not being a ton to talk about right now, it's hard to find the time. Yeah. And, but here's the thing. If you guys, uh, want to sponsor us and pay us, we'll be here every day. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody. <laughs> that, that, that is a great point. But again, I, I just kind of trying to kind of put it out there, give a heads up that, we we try to record weekly, um, and when the season starts, we definitely will, and yeah. and we'll continue to try to record as much as we can. It's just you can't talk about stuff when there's nothing to talk about. We uh we'll uh we'll definitely record for sure. We'll do a we'll do a live bracket fill out. Yeah, yeah. When we do when our we do our greatest team of all time, um, and then uh, even we'll we'll even go as far as doing the uh, just for content. We'll do the college basketball. We'll fill out brackets for the college basketball. Sure. Yeah, and and then obviously, I mean, there's definitely stuff to talk about with college football right now. You know, spring games coming up. Um, the fact that Harbaugh tried to leave Michigan. Yeah. So there's definitely stuff to talk about, and and we'll be we'll be doing it as much as possible. But I just kind of want to give listeners a heads up if if you wonder. That's that's not really why we were gone for so long this time, which I kind of explained that at the at the top of this episode. But but again, yeah, with that. Uh, Episode five is is in the books. Um, if you guys enjoyed the show, you know, give us give us reds five stars. Give us a good review. Uh, make sure and share share our show. We're we're on Spotify, and um, you know we're on Twitter at Cover Two Podcast. Uh, we have a Facebook page now, the Cover Two Podcast. If you just search that up, you'll find us. Uh, Dalton is on Twitter as the Oki Longhorn. I'm still just myself, Tim Smithson. We're gonna fix that. Uh, Call me the mailman. The postman. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) 
we appreciate all you guys for listening and and we'll be back soon and and we'll see you guys next time on the cover podcast and with that i think we're out yes sir don't forget to cover the flats <laughs>